I'm Mitchell Tinley and welcome to Triple MMA. On today's show, the Russia v Australia barbs sharpen up. We hear from the eternal MMA bantamweight champ about his new opponent. There's a new promotion beating down the competition and we chat to two emerging UFC prospects. But first, want to watch Hex Fight Series but you can't make it to Melbourne? We've got to get to Melbourne. Melbourne, Australia. Well, good news because local promotion Hex has signed on with ESPN for a historic new deal. ESPN, baby. <laughs> This new arrangement will feature Hex making the move from its previous home on Fox Sports to the sports channel that seems to be making a move to collect more Aussie fights than a night out in Bali. You look so hot today. Like a sunrise. You're annoying. Speaking of fights, the biggest one is nearly upon us and it's getting as chippy as a carpenter with Islam Makachev doing an interview with Fox Sports Australia for his Feb 12 UFC lightweight title defence in Perth against Alex Volkanovski and he didn't hold back. Did you see Alex's post on social media when he said that he's got your face on his knee how do you respond to that how he want to put my face in her his knee because he's short and he needs some chair in over this he was saying where is this short guy i didn't see this short guy bring him here do you respect alex as a fighter i respect him he's a pound for pound king right now but this division not for him i have to smash him i have to finish him now before we get to what's at stake with ufc 284 we get to enjoy the side salad that is eternal mma 73 the night before at hbf stage this week, I caught up with bantamweight champ Rod Costa to talk his new opponent, Semi Kakembo, and fighting upper weight class. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, I'm ready to go. I had a, I had a good training camp, and, uh, and Sam is a good opponent, you know? So I, I, I think, like, you know, like, I, I will be strategic and everything, but I don't think it makes sense waiting just for the sake of waiting. You can catch the whole bonus episode by subscribing to Triple MMA. Can't make it to Perth? Melbourne? Or even a TV? But maybe you're stuck punching cans in the state of cans and you can make it to Brisbane. Beatdown Promotions is putting on their third show at Eden Hills Hotel. Eden Hills is just 30 minutes north of Brisbane and is put on by UFC Aussie fight veteran Damian Brown. He's looking to bring more than just a fight night to the fight scenes. There's a lot of shows that do things well. And I just think that there's better ways to do things than the old way. Yep. And that goes yep. for being an athlete, being a promoter, or being a coach. I feel like the fact that we can put them all in a hotel where the weigh-in's within 50 metres and the sauna is a five-minute drive, we make sure they're in great accommodation. We don't put them in the hotel next to the highway. We put them in a, a four-and-a-half-star <laughs> hotel. We just treat them better. That full interview, coming soon. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you've been patient. It's now time to bring in the first of two of our special guests today. Both men are competing at UFC 284 in Perth next week and hail from the land of the real big bridge. Josh Coolabout is our first one up. Josh is a 10-1-1 fighter hailing from Sydney, New South Wales. The 28-year-old fighting out of Eagle MMA is a fighter to watch. He talks how he got his first call up to the UFC, what he would be doing if he wasn't punching on, and his love for his Filipino heritage. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Kulabau. Here with Josh Kulabau. Now, mate, uh, just quickly, first of all, uh, Joshua or Josh? Josh. Uh, Joshua feels like I'm in trouble. Well, well that was the thing. I just, but he, like, I know, I know the Filipino heritage. They could, maybe Josh was like after the Bible or, you know, so I just wanted to be, <laughs> just got to be like super yeah, careful. I just, I feel like I'm in trouble when, when, you know, I've done something wrong and my mom calls me Joshua. What do you do? <laughs> so, Josh, I like Josh. Well, speaking of uh, family, we may as well just dive straight into it. I mean, you're a, you're an, you're a cage fighter. You've got to ask everyone, how do the parents feel about it? 
Uh, and again, it was, uh, it's, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. Um, it, it, it took a little while to of, like for convincing to, 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 be able to convince him. Um, still to this day, my mom has never, has never watched me fight live. And even when she has to like rewatch, um, fights through video that she, she, she knows the result of, she, uh, yeah, she still can't stomach it to, to watch it fully. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it, it was definitely hard to convince, but um, I feel like as I gotten better and I kept winning and I, I was being successful at it, it sort of made it a, a little bit easier for him to know that, you know, I've, I'm not just doing this because I'm a brute and I just like getting punched in the head. It was, I was doing it because I'm actually good at it. You know what I mean? So yeah, it took a little while, but they, they eventually came around. Did, has she ever seen, cause you've got, you got one loss on the record, obviously not the way a mother would like to see, her son uh, has she has she watched that at all? <laughs> no, no, she hasn't. She hasn't. Uh, to be honest, I, I'm not too sure which fight she has has seen. Um, I know she, for a fact she hasn't seen any of my fights live. She's never been to any of the fights. Um, yeah, and she just she's she just hates it. <laughs> hates me. Case her youngest boy getting punched in the head. So I don't blame her. I was going to say, what was there for, like, uh, what age did you go to them and say, hey, I want to do this? Or was it one of those ones you kind of kept a secret and only told her when you were good? Um, it, it, it wasn't really a secret. They knew that I was training a lot. Like, in my teenage years, I was training a lot. So they knew where I was. I was in the gym always. Uh, but I kind of not told them about, like, when I was fighting and and. You know, when I was competing, we just sort of kept that on the down low. And then obviously when the competition was done or the fight was done, I'd tell them like how I, how I went and how I won. And they're like, oh, you know, oh, he keeps, keeps winning sort of thing. And it's just, yeah, sort of, yeah, sort of snuck up on him. And then I was like, well, you know, this is what I'm really good at. I sort of want to give it a crack. And they were like, nah, we still want you to do a trade. Um, so I ended up still doing a trade while fighting on the side. So, yeah, you can't win all the battles. Did you enjoy it? Because you were a plumber, weren't you? I was an electrician. Same thing. No. No, I know. Actually, I know for a fact there are a lot of mates that are tradies and it's like the electricians are like, like they think they're like the smartest guys in the world. So is, is that yeah, you? We should, we, sh- we should gold. We do. We do. We should gold. <laughs> electricians, we should gold. Do you, like, is there any bit of you that kind of misses the sort of nine to five of, of, of a normal job at all? I do. I do. Um, I obviously don't miss the early wake ups, but, um, I do miss the, the banter and like the satisfaction of coming home tired and knowing I, I, you know, I put in the hard, the hard work, the hard yucca. So, uh, yeah, I miss, I definitely do miss the boys and, and the banter on the, on the job site. And I, yeah, like I do miss the satisfaction of, of that feeling of like, Oh, I, I, got a lot a lot of stuff done so yeah that that was a uh, one thing that i do miss but i obviously don't miss the, the early wake ups and the when i was dieting seeing all the boys get um take away food and, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, yeah so yeah, yeah. yeah. living so. on the uh living on the servo food you can't really have the jiffy <laughs> truck come around uh eagle and mama can you <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> now like what point did you go I'm going to take this full time. Was it, was it when you got in the UFC or was there a point where you like, you were making enough money in the regional scene? Like, did you have to mix it in with like personal training people or like at what point did you go, I can do this full time? 
I just basically went full time when I got signed to the UFC. Other than that, I was juggling 40 hour weeks with my training. You know what I mean? So uh, I had no social life. I was training basically every day on the weekends. I trained twice on the weekends. Um, yeah. And I was just working uh, seven till four every day and then going straight to the gym and then coming home at eight, sleep, shower, eat, go to bed you know, and then just the next day is the same thing. Um, yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely hard. Um, I finally just, you know, decided to take the leap um, when I got signed to the UFC because obviously I don't want to look back and be like, oh, yeah, I was still working as an electrician. I didn't give it my 100% yeah. to, to succeed in the UFC. So, um, yeah, that was that was the, basically when I, when I went full-time was when I did get signed to the UFC. That's crazy to think that, like, Guys like Stipe Miocic, who was like the heavyweight champion, he was still like, "I'm a fireman." <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's insane. Man. But uh, to be honest, like, yeah, that, that, I, I've heard that, that these fireys they, they don't do too much anyway. So like, they they, they could mix up they could mix up uh, training with just sitting around all day waiting for a call to happen. So which yeah. is crazy because I've heard from tradies that electricians don't do too much. So that's that's. Uh... <laughs> Now, there's, there's a difference. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's sparkies that work on commercial job sites and then there's sparkies that work on the domestic job sites. The ones that work on the domestic job sites, mate, we, we do the serious work. We're crawling in roofs, we're crawling underneath houses, we're pulling cable all day, we're standing in the sun doing a switchboard from, yeah, the, the hottest day. So, like, yeah, we're, the domestic um, electricians, we're different. I love that, like, no matter what you do, there's always someone in your So, everyone goes, oh, tradies, they're tough. And then the tradies like, nah, nah, nah. But, like, these guys are weak. And then even, like, electricians are like, nah, 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 these guys are weak. And it doesn't matter what you do. Because even in MMA, it happens in MMA. Like, wrestlers. Uh, wrestlers are like, oh, you just do jujitsu. Like, it's, it's still, yeah, still, like, the yeah. most toughest thing you can do but everyone's always going yeah. out yeah it's just a typical typical <laughs> you know trying to belittle each other sort of thing so it's like again it's a, it's a little bit of banter you know yeah do you find that in in australia uh, like have you had a lot of support or have you had your fair share of people going like oh you think you're gonna make t- make it to the ufc to be honest, I, I never really pay too much attention about other people's opinions. Uh, never really like go online looking for what people say about me. Uh, I just did my own thing, and 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 whatever they have to say, it has no influence on what I do. You know what I mean? They're not the ones in my shoes doing what I do, so they don't know half of what I do. You know, they all they see is whatever is on TV or whatever is happening at the fight. They don't see the other ninety eight percent of everything that I do. So. To me, their opinions that really matter. Would you say it's harder? It's been harder as as a professional UFC fighter, or was it harder working your way through the regional ranks whilst having a full time job? They're, 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 they're tough uh, in different ways. Yeah. I f- I feel like with with uh, working on working as a tradie and um, trying to fight on the side, and you're sort of like hoping you do get signed to the UFC and not knowing if you will ever get signed to the UFC, it's, it's tough because, you know, you're, you're, you're killing yourself working all day and then for you to go to nighttime training and smash yourself and then do it all over again, you know, day in, day out. It's, it's tough, tough on you mentally because you're like, am I going to get a break in this? Um, but then also fighting in, in the UFC, it's like, all right, yes, I'm, I'm, I made the UFC, but then it's like, well, I don't want to just make the UFC. I want to, 
you know, I want to succeed in the UFC. I don't want to just be a number. I don't want to just be in and out of the UFC and be like, hey, look at me. I made the UFC. You know, it's not that. I, I want to be successful in this. And um, the, 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 the pressure of, of trying to compete with the, the world's best fighters is, uh, yeah, the, the pressure is real. You know what I mean? You, you, you definitely take it for granted when you're fighting on a local scene, but then you realize you're fighting the best guys in the world, you know, just fighting, you know, the Joe Blow from from punch bowl you know what i mean so yeah <laughs> punch bowl is pretty tough <laughs> at what point did you think like oh man I've, i might have a i might have a career in this like was it when you were three and oh for, like at what point did you go man i think i can actually do this honest, i still question it now, like, I still have it. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a daily um it's a daily struggle to to a mental battle to, 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 well, I, I personally feel that uh, it's a mental battle like every day to, to prove that, you know, that I belong here. And that's why I feel like I, I've succeeded and I've done so well so far in my career is because of, because of that. Um, but, um, sorry, what was the question again? Um, it was just like, what point, uh, kind of did you think you, you were, you were going to get there? And I feel like you've kind of answered it. Like you almost have this, and I think that's what makes great people great is almost this like little imposter syndrome like where you kind of like you know you belong in the UFC but the bit of you that goes do I it's what makes yeah. you go that little bit harder at training you know you're never yeah. you're never satisfied and I've yeah. always been intrigued and I feel like a lot of people are intrigued with you have to be supremely confident to fight another man right but then <laughs> yeah, for sure. at the same time it's like your coaches must be just on top of you constantly about like where to get better. Like, do you struggle? Are you more of like a, nah, tell me I'm the best and I'll work like, and I know I'm not, or is it the other way around? Like, tell me I'm, I'm crap. Nah, uh, it's a good, it's different with, with different fighters and di different coaches. You know, they, they, they click differently. Like coaches, just some coaches just know how to, to fire you up. And some coaches just need to settle you down. And I'm a, I'm a mix of, of both. Like sometimes I need to be, told that you know you're, you're shit you're fat you're out of shape you need to do this you need to do that and then sometimes i get it's nice to be told like you know to gain the confidence leading up to a fight to be like this is what you're doing really well on this let's keep doing that you know what i mean um yeah i'm a mixture of both i i think with with that is yeah it, it's a it's just a, a coach knowing how, how their fighters uh brain works and, and their personality so now, have you had same coach, same team the whole way through? Yeah, that, uh, that is true, yeah. Is is there any bit of you that's like, oh, I kind of want to add this bit? Are you, do, they, do they sculpt the sort of training around you or are you just like kind of like another, another guy in the gym in the MMA class? I, 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 see, this is the thing that really humbles me is that like as much as I'm like, you know, the, the, uh, the standout, guy because i'm the one that's in the ufc i still get treated like just any other member of the gym i'm not anything special and you know like yes when when it's time for fights and stuff the the, the training is is like suited around me but other than that it's like i'm just i'm just another student like just like any of the other guys like just like you know john that does an office job that comes in to do some training i'm, I'm, I'm doing the exact same thing you know what i mean i'm not I'm no special, you know, any, anything uh, when it's in the gym. I'm just another student. So, Surely yeah. you got like that, that little bit of ego. You know, like John's not going to beat you though, is he? <laughs> 
he's not touching me, man. He's not touching me. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, I think people are a little bit uh, sort of intimidated when it comes to, to MMA gyms. Like, can you talk everyone through what it was like? Like, how old were you and what made you walk into an MMA gym for the very first time? Um, I seen, I seen MMA uh, when I was like 11 or 12. I seen this the first couple of UFCs where they had no time limit and they were fighting bare knuckles and it was different styles versus different styles. It was like sumo wrestling versus kickboxing. And then you had a guy with a bo- one boxing glove on fighting um, uh, a straight wrestler with wrestling shoes on. And it, it was just, you know, it was crazy. And I was watching it and it really intrigued me. And uh, yeah, I always thought like, wow, that's so cool. And then obviously as the UFC got popular, like I started to pay a bit more attention to it and realized like, that's so cool fighting in front of a crowd. And um, yeah, like I just thought it was a awesome thing. And I, I've always, I always knew that UFC was around, but I never really jumped into a gym until, um, you know, the footy season was over and I wanted to do something other than, you know, sit around in my ass. So I jumped in an MMA gym and uh, yeah, that's, that's basically how it started. Now, as a, you know, you would be the equivalent of, you know, all Australian in footy, right? But if you, I'm going to go on a limb here. If you walk down the street, there's not too many people that are like, UFC fighter. Do you want to see the sport rise to where people do recognize you? Or are you happy to sort of just sit in the shadows and be, go be a world champion and, and everyone in Australia is like, who's that guy? <laughs> uh, it's a bit of, it's a bit of both. Like I, I, I um, to be honest, like I, I do get recognized quite a bit um, in my area. Um, my area is a pretty like small knit community. Everybody sort of knows everybody. So um, yeah, like p- people recognize me, um, but also like I'd like for the sport to, to get more eyes on it because obviously more eyes means, you know, more money, more, <laughs> more, more, you know what I mean? For everyone. So it's a, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I, I do hope that like the, it becomes more mainstream. Now, is there anyone that sort of the public should be aware of that you think is coming up that could be sort of the next big thing, whether it's just a teammate of yours or someone that's like 14? Man, there's plenty. There's plenty. It is actually crazy. Um, the amount of talent that I train with and these kids that I train with, it's the, the teenagers, you know what I mean? And just, just, I don't know, like the evolution of MMA and like how everything's being taught and everything's, everything's under one roof before, you know, everything used to be like, Oh, I got to go jujitsu here. I got to go do my boxing here. I got to do my wrestling here. Everything's sort of like under one roof now. And it's like so much easier for these kids to learn and, you know, um, gain all this experience and, and yeah, it's just really good. It's like the, the kids that I train with now is, yeah, the talent these, these kids have is, is, you know, if they really, really put their head down and work at it, I tell them all the time, if they really do put their head down and work at it, they, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna surpass what, what I'm doing now. So, um, yeah, like all the, all the, all the amateurs that I train with, you know, and my, one of my main training partners, Alan Philpot too, he's, he's oh, a, yeah. he's a standout. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, like basically my, all the amateurs in my gym, you know, they, they, these kids are talented. These guys are amateurs and yet they, they, they're getting a good grasp and understanding of MMAs. 
Now, I mean, you mentioned uh, even like your teammate Alan Philpot, who I think he's had, it would be close to 30 fights, uh, if not. He's been a real, you know, win a couple, lose one, win a couple, lose one. You got the uh, yeah. the fortunate start of 8 no. Uh, how, how did it yeah. feel? Obviously, you're going through your career undefeated. You go, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at this type thing. You get to the big stage. Obviously, we, we know, we know Jalen Turner now as like, like he's a prospect. But to unfortunately take that loss, what does that do? Does that completely like shatter your confidence? Or uh, talk us through that mindset. Um, I, 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 I didn't uh, get too disheartened with that, with that. Uh, loss. Like I knew that it was definitely an uphill battle taking that fight on short notice. You know, I went into that fight. Most people don't know that I went into that fight. I've actually uh, had a tor- torn a- LCL leading into that fight. So I partially torn LCL leading into that yeah, fight. Yeah, sorry, you stepped <clears> so, in for uh, Jamie Malaki, didn't you? Yes, I stepped <laughs> in for Jamie who who hurt his neck and he, he gave me the heads up and I was like, man, I'm not going to say no. So yeah, Um it was it, it was just all, it was all an uphill battle from there. But you know, I just needed to get my foot in the door, and that was my that was my ticket to get into the UFC. You know what I mean? They said, you know, you look after us by taking this fight, and we'll look after you by giving you a contract. So I was like, man, I, I enjoy fighting anyway. Like I'll fight I'll fight at heavyweight if you want me to. So um, it, it wasn't a big thing for me. I wasn't too disheartened with with that. Could you make heavyweight? What are you walking around at? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, I could be on my KFC diet. Give me about, you know, I'd say two weeks, three weeks, and I could get up to three digits. I reckon. Now, like, do, do they come and get you? Like, are you are you on their radar? Does the UFC say, "Hey, look, hey, we're keeping an eye on you. Keep winning," or like, how do you know that you might get that call up? See, that's the thing. You don't. You don't. <laughs> like, I was the number one guy in the region for a while. I was beating everybody and. Yeah, I just was like, when is my time going to come? When are they going to come knocking? And they just so happened to be having a, uh, a show in Perth, a uh, show in Auckland. Yeah. And now they were like, okay, well, one one guy pulled out. We need someone to step in. And, you know, I was a shining prospect in the, in the region. You know what I mean? So they were like, sure, why not? Let's finally give this guy a shot. Like he's been, he's been on, you know, he's been on a tear here. He's the number one guy in the region. Let's give him a, let's give him a try. So. And I don't think people realize that because like, you know, we mentioned AFL before and it's like you get drafted, you have a full preseason, you have your first year. A lot of times in the UFC that does happen. Like guys are just getting called up your whole life's work. And then they're like, all right, you're fighting in three days. The biggest fight of your life. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It is. It's 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 hard that way, but man, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> now, look, you you're now sort of like back on track. Uh, for new fans of yours, like, what can they expect in your in your upcoming fights, and perhaps in your career? Like, what are what are the goals? Man, the goals are always to <laughs> to put on exciting fights, but the most important is obviously win. As much as uh, it is a sport where entertainment is a factor, but also winning is a factor, um, is a massive factor. Cause obviously my pay, <laughs> you know, that you get paid more, the more you win, the more eyes are on you, the more money, you know what I mean? It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's basically, I want to put on a show for the fans so they know who I am, but I also want to win. I don't want to go out there, get my head punched in, put on an entertaining fight and still lose. So just- the, the, the main goal is always, is always to win. 
Um, and if I can do it in entertaining fashion, then let's do it in entertaining fashion. So you're just petrified of having to be an electrician again. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly I'm, I'm not going back man now, I'm not going back <laughs> but before I let you go uh, I just kind of wanted to wanted to ask after this is all said and done the career's wrapped up how does Josh Coolabell want to be remembered uh, this is a real deep question eh <laughs> um, man I, I want to be remembered as a as a guy that, that always stayed true to himself that he he never he never changed up um changed who he was just because of being in the ufc because of a little fame a little bit of money you know what i mean a guy that that was always happy a guy that was always smiling that always loved this sport and a guy that was always yeah always willing to put the hard work in to to get what he wanted and uh yeah i just want if anything i could leave is that people i want people to remember that i was I was the same bloke, the same nice guy, the same smiley, happy guy that, you know, that worked his ass off to get what he wanted. So that's one legacy I'd like to leave. Now, during this interview, you actually put your chain back in your singlet. So that is kind of quite funny that you said that. It's like a little bit of flash and you like hit it. And I feel like that symbolizes kind of everything uh, you've said. Uh, Well, mate, um, Thanks for taking the time. Uh, I really, really do appreciate it. And everyone's uh, going to be a big fan of yours. And we're really excited to, to see where you go from there. So, so thanks so much, mate. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. You can follow Josh on Instagram. That's J-O-S-H. Cool about. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, C-U-L-I-B-A-O. Our next guest fights out of the Central Coast in New South Wales. Jamie Malarkey is a 28-year-old 15-5 fighter welcoming debutante Francisco Prado this weekend in Perth. We talk the mentality of shaking off his very first loss, previously taking on the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky, and finding a way to stay close to home and not have to move away from his friends and family to get to the top of his craft. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome... Jamie Malaki. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Now, uh, first of all, your fight uh, gets announced, then it gets chopped and changed around. Uh, as a fighter, uh, what does that do to the mentality? Or are you just like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do? Yeah, no, it doesn't really change much. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed because there was going to be a, a really good fight. But um, yeah, like you said, we're just, uh, I try to keep the focus on myself. Um, trying not to stress about it. I think the younger me would have stressed about it a little bit more, but uh, I've been I've been fighting a while now, so I just um, stay stay composed and then just keep my eyes on the on the goal of uh, when you when you were going to get a fight. So um, kind of stay stay focused on what what we got to do. Do you feel a little bit more comfortable because you, you what six seven fights into the UFC career? Is it or is it still as nerve wracking as ever? No, I'm definitely more comfortable. Um, I used to think before the UFC, I was like, "Oh, I don't. I, I reckon this UFC jitters bullshit, like a, a, a bullshit sort of thing." But um, it, it it is it is real. Like you, you just you you gotta like know yourself that you're that you belong here. And when I when I got my first win, that was when I kind of said, "Yeah, okay, I'm I'm here. I, I belong here, and I know I'm supposed to be here." Sort of thing. Well, take us through the the Brad Riddell fight. Your first fight in the UFC was an absolute cracker. Obviously, didn't go your way, but was that a moment where you went, "Hey, no, I think I think I do belong here." 
Um, yes and no. Like, it was just like you, you go, you fight for so long and then you finally reach that level and you you don't get the win. Because in my mind, as a fighter, I was always like, yeah, I'm going to break through and just yeah. break on the scene and, like, take people out, you know what I mean? But um, when I when I lost that fight, I just I just had to get that first win under my belt um, to to just to just know and then believe myself. I still believed I still believed I belong there, and um, that was, again like that that kind of a debut was a, a good debut because it was just such a good fight. We but we both put it all on the line. But um, yeah, I did, I just wanted that first win just to just to really cement it. Well, you were like uh, highly touted on on the regional scene. Of course, you fought on like Brace, AFC, Urban Fighter, all the ones that that everyone knows of. But you get into the UFC and you have to wait. It was about 18 months until that first win. Were there any doubts that crept in? Yeah, I think like um, not not so much doubts, but I I remember going into that third fight because my second fight I I thought I got the win and then I got uh, the stiff end of a of a close decision, which happens in the game. And then um. In that third fight, I was like, just I was I was a bit nervous. I was like, I just I have to win. This is a must-win fight. And um, then when my back's against the wall, that sometimes that's when when I'm the most dangerous, you know. Did that feel even more amazing because you had to take those two losses on the way there. Yeah, yeah, I think it did. And then to win by knockout in like the the 45 seconds, I was just I was buzzing. Now, do you look back and uh, you know your first loss was against someone that was like pretty decent. Does it does it does it play on the fact that it's like looking back in retrospect when you know two losses earlier in your career like Volkanovski and then Kajibig like does it do you at least go at least they're quality guys does it take the sting out of it at all or is a loss still a loss? Um, again, yes and no because it's like you just got to learn from it because it, it it you can't really look at who it is. Um, you got to look at why you lost because. I, I truly believe that you decide if you're going to win or lose. It's 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 so much up here. Um, so yeah, I, I just don't don't really look at the the opponent too much. I'm, I'm more look at the lessons that I take from it. And you really do learn from from every loss. Um, that I've, I've found it's made me better for sure. Because you you grew up in the Central Coast, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, and. Obviously, you're you're doing well, and the town probably thinks that what you've done is good enough. Is that hard to uh, like? Because you're still kind of living there. I just know because I take from personal experience from growing up in a place called Darwin. Like, it, just doing good enough. Sometimes people are stoked with it. Is it is it hard to stay motivated, or do you feel like you've got the whole town on your back? But that that drives me more. Like, there's people thinking that um yeah. It's- Good enough, like you know, whatever. But you know, he, he couldn't compete with the top fifteen yeah. guys. He compete with the top ten guys. That's like that makes me go. All right, I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll, I'm really going to show you what I can do because I know I can. Um, but in saying that, I've felt nothing but love from my from my hometown, and I, I feel like they're all right behind me. The, the Central Coast has been like so supportive. Um, and anyone who I've ever talked to. So, yeah, I feel like it's just going to get better and better. And what got you into the sport to begin with? Uh, I was just kept getting, getting out of shape in the off-season of footy, eh? Um, 
Oh, like just typical, you get fit through footy season and then in the off season, I used to play cricket and then I stopped playing cricket and I just, um, I don't know, I was a sporty kid, so I wanted something to do. And yeah, I, I got into it by watching um, The Ultimate Fighter on Fuel TV. I was watching it on that and I was like, man, this, I actually started to like it as a sport. I didn't just see it as um, like cage fighting yeah. and like these, these, these guys are crazy. I was like looking at martial arts in it and I was like man this, this is like real full fighting and I just wanted to learn I didn't even want to fight or nothing and then I just got hooked and I got good at it and then I, did, I think I just got stuck in it eh? Is there any bit of you that thought you were probably going to have to move? Well it's funny we where I trained for the first uh, what the first 10 years of my career was on on just mats in a <laughs> in a hub uh, called the youth center. My my coach Noel Magnus he, he ran the security up at Aaron Affair and he just he'd just have a, a spot for us to put some mats down and just train and that was literally all we had just mats and then I'd go do uh, like some of my own conditioning stuff by myself but um yeah and I, I thought like we were producing Australian champions. <laughs> we had a couple of Australian champs. So I was like, man, we can do it. We can do this for sure. But as time's gone on and, and we've gone up in levels, um, yeah, I, I, I travel a bit to, to seek better, better and more training partners now. How's the scene changed uh, now in the Central Coast? Is there a lot more people participating? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think the sport's always grown, you know, um, I feel like you still only get um, the odd, uh, the odd kind of individual that really wants to commit themselves. But um, it's it's definitely grown for sure. Like more people, and I, I love that UFC is getting more mainstream. And when the uh, obviously you probably not think of this far ahead, but when the when the career's all wrapped up, is is like coaching in the Central Coast something you want to do or? Um, yeah, for sure. I, I definitely want to pass down the knowledge and um, like whether that's start my own thing up or whether that's uh, just stay with stay with my team uh, at Central Coast MMA. Like I want to, I want to be teaching and still involved in the sport when I'm done for sure. And I mentioned earlier about you competing in a, in a wide range of of different regional promotions. What are your thoughts on the Australian regional MMA scene? Oh, mate, unreal! Like it's um, it's gotten gotten a lot better uh even since i was on the on the scene and it it's just doing this like it, the the amateurs are training like pros you know you've got guys that are um just fully committing themselves to the sport and the the level is so high uh it's really good to see it's it's unreal and what have you learned along your, your journey from from when you started 10 12 years ago the main things that i've learned along the journey is uh You've got to you've got to stay passionate about what you're doing. Like you've got to love what you're doing, because um, you like anyone who's been in uh, a certain field for for X amount of time. Like if you if you're going to get good at it and get uh, to the the highest level, um, you've just got to love what you're doing and you've got to have that that good attitude. Like because you can you can train. Um, with a with a poor attitude, or you can train with a good attitude, and that can be all the difference in just how you how you perform, how you feel. Um, so that's that's my thing. Like having a good attitude, I think that's the most important thing in 
in uh, being an athlete for sure. Was there times you thought that this might not work out as a career? Yeah, like I was, I was kind of just going. Uh, I was just trying to make it. Um, I always saw that I was going to, but yeah, that you get times where you kind of think like, oh. I don't know, like sometimes you just sort of spit the dummy, even if it's after a bad session, a bad few weeks, what can be going on in, in your personal life? And then so sometimes it, it does come crumbling down a little bit. But, um, yeah, you, that's when you got to just get back on the horse and, and trust the process, you know. And what fight did you real? what stage in your career did you realise like the UFC was actually keeping an eye on you? Um, I think... I think actually when I fought Alex Volkanovski, um, the, there was, I was in talks with, uh, Sean Shelby, a matchmaker from the UFC. I was nine and oh at the time and I was, I was doing good things in the, in the trains. Um, so yeah, there was, there was always those sort of talks and then had those few hurdles, but I'm so glad that I did have those hurdles when I did because I don't think I would have been ready when I, when I was talking to them at that time. I needed those couple of losses to really like find find myself and then develop like what kind of fighter I am. Yeah, they say that a little bit too. Like the, the undefeated fighter, you probably felt a little bulletproof, didn't you? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> 100%. I needed a, a good <laughs> Now, would you rather fight overseas or do you like fighting in Australia? Oh, Australia for sure. Like, uh, it's less travel. Um, you don't have to adjust to a new climate. So all these things, like, they have, they can have massive effects on your performance, um, especially the way that we only get flown out to wherever we go the week of the fight. Oh, really? We don't have much time at all to adjust, and um, you got to be onto it, eh? Like we, 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 me and my coach, we try to when we go to wherever we're going, we we make sure that we're up and training at the time that I'm going to be fighting. So we just try to adjust our body clocks um, as best we can, and like whether that means you know if it's still light outside and we need to be asleep, we shut the curtains, turn the lights off and try to start uh, dimming down. Um, so, yeah, I, I much prefer, prefer and I'm, I'm excited to be fighting at home. It's going to be the first time in a while as well. I've got to ask you because, uh, of course, Volkanovski uh, going for a, a pretty historic uh, double champ status and you got to fight him early on in your career. A lot of people would be wondering w- what was it like to be in there with, with Volk? Um, yeah, man, I, I remember when I fought Volk, I remember just feeling um, he's he's very, very fast. But I, I remember just seeing how composed and relaxed he was. And um, that kind of like threw me in a way because when you <laughs> like – in, in fighting, the eyes don't lie. Like, the eyes really don't lie. And it's hard to explain and it's hard to to get when you're just watching, like, through the TV screen. Yeah. You're standing face-to-face in front of someone and you can feel them looking at you and you're looking at them and you, you can see uh, nerves, you can see fatigue, you can see everything that other people might not see. Um, so, yeah, I remember him just being very, very uh, confident and staunch. So... That was, uh, that, again, that's a lesson, right? Like, I, <laughs> lessons from that, I was like, fuck, that's what I'm going to be now. Do you get nervous before fights? 
Uh, yeah, there's there's nerves there, but I've I've been fighting so long, man, that it's it's just like it's another day in the office for me. To be honest, I, I do. You you should always have those nerves, but um, I'm I'm pretty pretty good at controlling them by now, and uh, I know it's like I, I'd be I'd be more worried if I didn't have the nerves. <laughs> would you rather Would you rather wrestle out a win or a fight of the night loss? Oh, <laughs> I find. My heart says fight of the night, but my, my bank <laughs> says that I would rather the win. No, I would rather the win. That's the important thing. Which is, which is funny because just about every loss you've had has been about fight of the night. So it's yeah. like, it's, it's a nice little consolation prize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Now, mate, um, I appreciate uh, obviously the time uh, so far. And I just kind of got one last uh, question for you before I let you go. I just wanted to ask, like, after it's all said and done, how does Jamie Malaki want to be remembered? Um, I want to be remembered as a guy that just always had entertaining fights and always put it on the line um, in the in the martial arts world for sure. I, I just want to be remembered as a as a warrior that just would either. You know, go go home with your shield or on it. And uh, any any prediction for the fight? Yeah, I um I think this guy doesn't make it out of two. I think I've I've got two rounds. Awesome, thanks, mate. Um, I really appreciate the time. Um, and uh, and yeah, and best of luck. And thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Excellent chat there from Jamie Malarkey. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast today. You can check out previous episodes by subscribing to Triple MMA, hopefully via the listener app. There's heaps of great chats, including the previously mentioned Damian Brown and Rod Costa in this very ep. Remember, if you want to get in contact with us, you can hit us up on socials, Triple MMA. And uh, I'll see you next time, guys. I'm Mitchell Tinley, and that was Triple MMA.